am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Eighty-five percent of the teenagers in high school have been exposed to hardcore Satanism. Jesus wants me to live an abundant human life. Satan's pretty cool. Hello and welcome to Fake Ritual. A Fool's Guide to Pop Culture and the Occult. Uncovering an esoteric world of myth, magic, and mystery hidden deep within your favorite media. I'm your host, Lucas Sloppy, and my guest today is no stranger to the show. He's an author, a VHS collector, and like I said, a returning guest, longtime friend, Caleb Pass. What is up? Yo, Lucas, how you doing? I'm doing great. Ready to get the hell into it. Because today... (laughs) Our topic is video games from hell. Yeah. Uh, basically meaning a cool way of saying, you know, games which center around a fiery underworld. Uh, but in order to understand the portrayals of hell through video games, we got to mm-hmm. understand what hell is. Uh, so I'm just going to read off of Encyclopedia, Encyc- Encyclopedia oh. Britannica. Dang, that coffee that I just slammed is coming through. Uh, and we can just stop after the, you know, after a few of these sentences and just kind of like see what we think of them. But uh, it says here, hell, in its archaic sense, the term hell refers to the underworld, a deep pit or distant land of shadows where the dead are gathered. From the underworld come dreams, ghosts, and demons, and in its most terrible precincts, sinners pay some, pay, some say eternally, the penalty for their crimes. Uh, More broadly, hell figures in religious cosmologies as the opposite of heaven. The, and sometimes I'm like, dang, whoever wrote this encyclopedia entry is throwing words at me that I've never heard. The (laughs) nadir of the cosmos. Oh. Mm, And the land where God is not. Uh, And says in world literature, the journey to hell is a perennial motif of hero legends and quest stories good for video games Uh Uh, and hell itself is the preeminent symbol of evil alienation and despair so caleb yeah do you believe in hell that's a good question i think i I would i I would like to think that it's real really yeah why is that i don't know i i I think there should be uh consequences to things right i know you gotta you gotta walk a straight line yeah it's just you want there you don't want bad things to go unpunished mm-hmm. but yeah in the plus it looks really cool it does look really cool <laughs> uh as a kid did you because you know we're going to be getting into some video games here that are definitely things you picked up when you were younger as a kid was because i understand what you're saying now about hell but that's kind of more in a philosophical sure sense but was there ever a time when you really believed in and we're specific specifically here we're talking the christian hell you know like fire brimstone yeah devil pitchfork as a kid i did yeah um i i, I was believing that i was like i mean i was raised catholic um Ooh, yep so that that was always coming up but yeah i remember i forget i remember like being freaked out when i was younger and like i forget what i read or where it came from but like reading about that vampires were in hell really and that always like freaked me out and i was like so those are real too oh my god you know? in so, church they taught you this. <laughs> i, I want to say i heard it somewhere like sunday school or Damn. Like CCD or some shit like that, yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah. I went. I grew up evangelical. I don't know if they necessarily mm. mentioned, va- but I feel like they always kind of like threw. They their throw all those universal up. monsters yeah, down there. Like, and, I, I don't know. Yeah, Satan's pretty. You don't want to find out. Yeah, you don't want to find out. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely very afraid of hell, and I feel like I've, I've we've had other Catholics on the show, mm-hmm. and I still can't quite like perfectly summate the difference between, you know, the the Catholic hell and right. the evangelical Protestant hell. I suppose it's that they're used in a different way. I was more 
uh, concerned with like who wouldn't be in heaven with me. So I suppose hell. That's a good way. To, yeah, a good perspective. Like my family that wasn't yeah. born again. Oh no! Right. But, <laughs> but I still Not was also so very so. afraid of hell for myself because I remember any time. I'm sure you've been drug along to some youth group or something as a kid, and they do altar calls. You familiar with these? I don't know if I am. Basically, uh, you know, anybody that hasn't accepted Jesus as your savior, <laughs> you know, they either try to do it secretly by being like, everybody close your eyes and raise your hand, and then, you know, we'll all say this prayer together so nobody oh. knows. And I <laughs> would, and I feel like this still speaks to the anxiety I suffer from <laughs> in the way it manifests. Every time, I would just do it just in case. I'd be like, well, oh, yeah. <laughs> I've accepted Jesus about half a dozen times at this point, and I've been baptized. But you know what? Let's yeah. throw another. Yeah. You know. I've had that same mentality, too, at some point in my life, where I would, people would ask, like, do you believe in God? And it was like, yeah, but just be, just in case. Like, it's, yeah, well, it's insurance for oh, me. Oh, isn't there a term for that? Oh, I wish I, there is somebody, hopefully, is screaming it at the episode right now and will maybe angrily email me so I can get at least <laughs> one fucking email. Idiot. But yeah, it's that essential, like the, there's a term for it where you just believe in God because. Yeah. It's playing along. Yeah, like, oh, well, <laughs> if I'm wrong, you know, if there is no God and I'm wrong, no, no harm, no foul. But yeah. if there is a God and I didn't believe in him, like, <laughs> well, shit. It's like a job interview when they ask you, like, why you want to work there? You have yeah. to like, pretend like you want to work uh-huh. there. <laughs> but as if God, all knowing God, wouldn't know that you were just fucking like, <laughs> right, that's too Playing like, the odds. Okay, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, you know, God can, like, see your Knows thoughts, all. right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah, extending further, you know, we're kind of mm-hmm. talking about hell and uh, religion, but what do you think makes hell so compelling a setting for video games? Um, I'd say, like, what's really cool is different games, you know, obviously have, there's different versions of hell Mm-hmm. In each game. So I think it's pretty cool that it's always up to like the designers mm. or whoever to like how they interpret what that looks like. Um, and there's always like a foundation that's always like lava and it's red and hot yeah. and you got like the, you know, pointy things everywhere. But then you have like some other really cool visuals. So in different games incorporating different types of whatever it might be, objects or monsters. And that's kind of cool too. I like all the different enemies or monsters or ghouls oh, that yeah. are down there. Like totally. that starts to look really cool. And amongst all the chaos that is like hell, that it's, you know, this, like, and it's, it's just like crazy shit's happening down there. It's hot. Mm-hmm. There's things blowing up. There's still some kind of like hierarchy. Yeah. Of like <laughs> the monsters and whatnot. I don't know why. It's just, it's such an enigma in its own way. Yeah. And it's like, we, you know, I obviously didn't do dive too deep into it, but I mean, you have things like Dante's Inferno, like the, mm-hmm. the, the epic poem that probably yeah. is one of the, you know, that talk about, you know, nine levels of hell and all yeah. the different, uh, you know, what sinners go to what level. But I suppose that also uh, sort of speaks to as well, uh, there is often room for humor and irony. Yes. Kind yeah. of like in Dante's Inferno and a lot of depictions of hell or mm-hmm. this kind of, uh, yeah, like poetic justice yeah. like for you know the gluttons have to you know i think in dante's inferno it's like they are within reach of a tree that i think it's what it is them, yeah but, like can't get they to can't it or whatever. it's pure torture yeah yeah so i feel like video games definitely uh especially one of the two main ones we're going to talk about today really good at kind of giving you both like just being yeah. like Hell's kind of funny. Could be, but yeah, right. Not for, you know, but <laughs> exactly. for whom? Right. Is it funny? Yeah. And also, too, I think any kind of like setting that takes place uh, in hell in a game, there's always that, like, at least for me, there's that uh, extra intimidation level. Yeah. Of like, I'm really up against a lot here. Yeah, because you could, in other games, you're up against someone who even take a stereotypical supervillain type. They are perpetrating evil in the world for evil's sake, but. The devil's their boss. Yeah. Like at the, you the end know, of the day. <laughs> he's the big one. Yeah. Uh, he's the CEO. He's the CEO. <laughs> Hell yeah. The inner circle of death 
is where he resides. Hunting them at the far reaches of the Earth and beyond. And with him lies our salvation. There is only one dominant life form in this universe, and it carries a steel-barreled sword of vengeance. Continuing on with video games from hell, it's time to get into some of those video games. And while there are a good deal of video games that deal with hellish afterworlds and underworlds and what have you, I figured why not focus on two of the most popular and probably most best-selling as well as kind of, you know, legacy games, games that sort of had cultures build up around them and uh, hierarchies even as yes. a reference, you know. In very a influential very games. hellish way. We're going to be talking about Doom and Diablo. Yeah. Double D. Da-duh. <laughs> the double Ds <laughs> of hellish video games. Uh, and... I've also dubbed this segment, we are going to be having a bit of a hell off. Mm. Uh, and after we discuss both of these games uh, and all the different you know games within, they're both franchises, uh, mm. let it be known, tons of games within them. But at the end, we're going to decide which world would make the devil happier, which means which world would make us the most bummed. <laughs> right. Uh, but let's just start with doom yeah uh and before we get into it i'll just give the listeners here a quick rundown of the doom franchise it is a first person shooter video game series uh usually focuses on the exploits of an unnamed space marine often referred to as doom guy yeah. or later on as doom slayer operating under the auspices of the union aerospace Corporation, the UAC, who fights hordes of demons and the undead in order to save Earth from an apocalyptic invasion. Games are usually set within sprawling bases on Mars or its moons, while some parts take place in Hell itself. That's what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, the classic series had only a limited focus on the story, I'll say, much of which was <laughs> present in the manuals rather than the yes. games themselves, which is such a classic, like, Things Half only of a comic book. you know, understand. <laughs> uh, but more recent titles, particularly the 2016 series, would feature a heavier focus on narrative. Uh, so, Caleb, yeah, tell me about Doom. Uh, tell me, you know, what was your intro to Doom? And then just kind of go from there. Yeah, um, I my intro to Doom, I think the first time I ever saw anyone play it was, it might have been at JJ's house. Okay, um, I know JJ. I, I, yeah, I remember a couple, I want to say it was him, but I remember one of my friends had had it on computer. Yeah, and seen it there, and just being like blown away at the on visuals. DOS. Was it DOS? Um, or maybe like it Windows? No, I there. I did come across a video of Bill Gates. Like I think he announced <laughs> like for Windows ninety five. Yeah. He also maybe ninety four, but like the <laughs> announcement also included like, hey, you can play Doom on this, and we're getting Doom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think he's in a trench coat in the video. <laughs> but yeah, continue on because Doom. Yeah, those things all make sense. Yeah, and just seeing that stuff for the first time. Um, I think that was also during the time when like a lot of moms were monitoring. You know what games? Yeah, just give a rundown of what they would be seeing. If uh, okay, oh, you're my... sitting at the computer with your buddy, and his mom comes in to look over yeah, your somebody, shoulder. What's uh, on the screen? Uh, a double barreled shotgun. Okay. Or a yeah. chainsaw, yeah, yeah. Um, just mowing down zombies, uh, different kinds of, and and Doom had like a more of that weird like technical advanced monsters where they had like oh yes, like the spider, like the Arachnatron, I think it was called. It was yeah. like a big brain with spider legs, yes, that were like you know animatronical basically. Yeah, that is an interesting take. I didn't even like. It was like high tech stuff, which that to me like is like the Doom. Aesthetic. Totally. It kind of ties it to the sci-fi angle with the Space Marines. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it is an interesting take because I suppose like technology sometimes is, and in, in this instance, with the Doom game, like conflated yeah. with, you know, evil, or at least in the eyes of more conservative <laughs> right. Christian types, like, oh yeah, this is a tool of the devil. 
Yep. <laughs> There's also too. I think it's the Arc Vial. I remember the first time oh, I saw yeah, that, I have that on down. screen. That was this thing is like freaky looking. Um, what was that? You couldn't. That was the thing. I you couldn't look at them if you made direct and direct eye line with the Arch Vial. It would look like you would be caught on fire. Essentially, yeah. I was watching yeah, you this play through. Yeah. You have to like look to the side of it. Yeah, I was like, "What a game mechanic!" There was so many weird. I forget some of the other names too, but like, there's like those floating heads that these these big like bulging eyes and. Well, yeah, I'll I'll name them and you describe them. So, Baron of Hell. I'm pretty sure he was like the he had like an, he had like an arm for like a, or a chain gun for an arm, and he was like a minotaur looking thing. Uh there's so many. I know. <laughs> Like, geez, I, I'm like tr- struggling to find just a regular list. Let's just look at the first Doom. It's also worth noting, yeah, there has been at least, uh, I have at least five games written down, I think, that are sort of the standalone games besides the, like, expansions. And yeah, add-ons I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Ooh, also, love- just to say, I love the uh, the story of the first Doom where... They basically send Doom Guy. He's like, because he like disrespected his superior. Okay. So like, as a punishment, they sent him to Mars on like a suicide mission. But he like lived, <laughs> killed everybody. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, I'm just looking here. This is from the first Doom. First monster, Zombie Man, a former yeah. soldier who is now a demonically possessed zombie armed with a rifle. Uh, shotgun Guy. Yep. Imp. Uh, brown human sized humanoid demon that yeah they have like spikes on their shoulders and stuff yeah uh a demon that is off referred to as pinky yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's Uh, like the uh i think also kind of like a minotaur looking build yeah i mean suffice it to say like some especially at the time like kind of scary looking i mean it was definitely different for its time you know um obviously there's so many games now with all sorts of different, you know, the capabilities nowadays to make and design, you know, games are pretty crazy. But, you know, when this came out, like at the time, it was pretty insane to well, see yeah, the, and the variety. I, and uh, Doom and Doom Two were on the were the same engine, you know, so it was mm-hmm. more like uh, that's going to be a little more pixelated, a little more what we're talking about as far as kind of quaint when you look at it now, not yeah. as scary. But I recently played Doom Three which came out in 2004, mm-hmm. Doom and Doom 2 coming out in 93 and 94, respectively. Doom 3 is fucking scary. It's so dark, you can't see anything. It's so dark, like, yeah. and just like the aggress, like the just pop-up nature, which mm-hmm. it was in the first two games as well, of just like in a room, you hear a noise, yeah. and then like There's something growling, on. and then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I feel like, as far you know, trying to keep on track here for just what, Doom, the hell of Doom, mm-hmm. I mean, it, we can at least say that the creatures of Doom's hell are formidable, tech-savvy. Yep. Uh, and then let's get a little more into, because you've uh, beaten at least, what, the first two Doom games? Um, I've beaten, yeah, I've beaten Doom 1, 2, and 3. Okay. And then one of the more recent ones I beat as well. And I, I don't think it was Eternal. I think it was like just the self-titled Doom. Okay, from 2016. Yeah, there's yeah. Doom from 2016. And then 2020 did Doom Eternal. Which I yeah. believe, is it Doom from 2016 or Doom Eternal that has the really good soundtrack? Doom Eternal. Doom Eternal. Ugh. Yeah. It's just Fakers at home, riffs. look it up. If you like like death metal or new metal or it's kind of like a blend of all just it like is edgy it's just heavy as all hell like i don't know if i've said the word edgelord yet but doom is sort of like the beginning of my understanding of what an edgelord was because like the columbine kids worshipped it exactly <laughs> yeah like talk about fucking edgelord like, right oh. that's yeah that's uh, the crown jewel of edgelords right there <laughs> But yeah, well, that's actually another path we can go down as far as just like the reactions to this game and the things that it was accused of. But before we get to that, yeah. we talked the creatures. But mm-hmm. uh, since I haven't played as much of the games, tell me what it's like as far as the levels that are set in hell. Just as far as what you can remember from like when you when you make it, because usually you're fighting these demons on the space station or you know something uh, yeah. earthly, and then eventually you end up. In hell. In hell. Um, maybe pause right there, because I'm trying to think where the hell, no pun intended, <laughs> some of those hell-like levels are 
are at. Because I don't know if like, Doom Two has too many, or even just like what you rec- what you recall, uh, as far as just like what you had to deal with. You know what were they difficult levels? Okay, yeah, you know, yeah. What sort of what sort of uh, puzzles did you have to solve, or what sort of you know? Yeah, Doom operates on a lot of um, finding keys to navigate levels. You mm-hmm. can't like get to certain parts of the level to beat it until you find the key, which is normally guarded by either like a swarm of monsters or like one big ass. Yeah, or like, you like, like a pain oh, elemental, or you usually too. You go into the room. Oh, empty room. Oh, there's the key. Grab the key. Boom. Yeah, and it triggers all these, everything. They all spawn. They all show up. <laughs> they all start rolling in. There's guys all like, you know, there's always um, these huge towers, um, mm-hmm. like outside, where like a lot of those imps will shoot fireballs. Like, yeah, and you're like, into the room. You have no idea where it's coming Talk from. Talk about chaos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember, I want to say it was in Doom 2, and I, when I was a kid, I had to call um, the hot, like those game hotlines for like tips. Yeah. Because there was, I remember there was a number in like a Game Pro magazine or something, and I outside of the of this one like you could see like outside like into the you know environment so to speak. Um, I can't remember if it was a chainsaw or like the double barrel shotgun, but it was like a big gun that I wanted, and I was like, "How do you get out there?" Mm. And there's a lot of that in the game. There's a lot of like secret passages that like mm-hmm. you know certain doors will trigger and open up. I remember I had to call the number and like had this awkward conversation because I was in like fifth or sixth grade, I think. Um, playing, and I was like, "How do you get like the chainsaw?" <laughs> and I got it. He actually walked me through it. Oh, um, nice! So it worked. And then we had like a five hundred dollar phone bill because I oh, was on the phone for like ten minutes. <laughs> it was like a dollar ninety nine a minute to get the hints. I'm just trying to write down. Like, okay, so well, at least we're even going to ascribe some things to Doom's Hell that are mm. just based on your experience. So I've put down chaotic, secretive, and expensive. Yeah, that's a good. You know what? That's a perfect list to sum it up. <laughs> it and is. Tech savvy. I, think too, like, I don't know why I like calling them tech savvy. I just they like are the they're, image yeah. of they're, a, they're advanced you know, pinky demon sitting right with a MacBook. <laughs> there are some moments too, like end levels where you're outside and it's like there's, it's like just a, a montage of like monsters and then that itself like is hell. There's just flames coming at you. Those lost souls. Which are like the burning skulls. Okay, yeah, just kind of floating around. Like, yeah, which yeah. are like I think the pain elementals, which are gigantic meatball-looking things with oh, one yeah. eye. Uh huh. They spit lost souls at you. Oh, okay. And you have to like, and I think they're like heat-seeking missiles, so you have to like continuously run away from them. Um, yeah, the game thing. really split that difference between trying to scare you and trying to make you feel like a badass. Yes, for sure. Like, oh, this is so cool, but then they're and especially young, like when these games came out, the the you know doom doom 2 and even like later uh quake and oh yeah uh, duke nukem 3d mm-hmm. the i feel like i talked about this too uh on a quake episode i did early on in the podcast history uh there was just something very eerie about how these how they tried to make you know the sky in these levels very realistic like yeah it, I guess you'd call it the parallax or whatever, like just something. The the perspective of it would like not feel realistic. It kind of gave the whole thing this dreamlike quality. Like that, I just found I always found yeah. eerie about these games. One, they always felt pretty empty. You mm-hmm. know, despite all these monsters being in them, they just had this kind of like cavernous like. Yeah. There is everybody. <laughs> yeah, like this weird isolation. Yeah. Like just come totally cut off from everything else. And just this sort of, yeah, like warped sense of of perspective and reality. That kind of was added always... to that feeling you're at the computer screen, just kind of like oh, a yeah. window into this yes. weird fucking yeah. world. It's a good way to put it. And I also, I think with Doom, I, I was always um, the added like weirdness, or if you want to put it that way, um, I, you know, it does take place in hell on some occasions, but the fact that it's, it's on like some moon or it's on Mars, like yeah. it's literally otherworldly, you know. And I, I like that about that too. For some reason, like Which, there's some other dimension of hell. In, so in yeah, the I'd even put down for this hell, not underground. Ah, right. Yeah, because yeah, it's kind of almost playing on it as a, another dimension, mm-hmm. or even maybe another like planet. an event horizon kind of thing. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah, before we move on to Diablo, I mean, anything else you want to put into the Doom Hell list 
before we meet its competitor? Mm, the last thing I would – I guess I could, you could put in there maybe would be I also found it interesting that when we think – as we get into Diablo, when I'm thinking about hell and you know, battling, fighting down there, surviving in there – it's sort of that medieval theme. It's like swords and paladins and shields, yeah. right? Like knights, you know, like Dante's Inferno, like you're a Templar knight and everything. But Doom, you you have a gun, like you have <laughs> shotguns and stuff. Like you're a marine, and I like that angle too about it. Like you're just some like jarhead. That's like you know. Just, in in nice gamer speak, I'm gonna write OP, overpowered. Ah, there you go. Because <laughs> even too in Doom Two, I remember the double barrel shotgun. It's considered Once like one of the most that, dude, overpowered weapons, but game one changer. of the most fun. Yeah. Um, what it lacks in aesthetic, it makes up in power, Yeah, basically. <laughs> Hell yeah. Beyond the darkness lies a journey that will test your courage and consume your world. Evil has survived. Rated M for Mature. Play it now on PC and Macintosh. Well, all right, now for our contender. And listeners, if they've been following the show for a while, might remember that uh, Caleb and I did a mini-sode on Diablo, what we're about to talk about, mm. uh, I think sometime last year. More of a little quiz. We didn't mm-hmm. get into it too, too much, but now is the time. So uh, let's introduce Diablo, which is an action role-playing dungeon crawler video game series. Uh, and then I'll try to break down the world here, even though it <laughs> is bonkers, but I love this sort of shit. So if you got your bong sitting next to you at home, take a big <laughs> rip and try to follow all of these yeah. made-up words. The universe of Diablo is divided into three realms, the high heavens, the burning hells, and the human world of sanctuary. Ever since their creation, the angels of the high heavens and the demons of the burning hells have been at war with one another. Sanctuary was created by rebel angels and demons tired of the war, with their first children being dubbed Nephilim. The descendants of the Nephilim are humanity and become a focal point for both angels and demons who wish to influence them for their own goals due to sharing angelic and demonic heritage. Uh, And the game focuses on that ongoing conflict between the humans living in Sanctuary and the demon hordes who are led by none other than Diablo, the series' overarching antagonist. Uh, Diablo, the Lord of Terror, functions as one of the seven great evils presiding over the Burning Hells. Uh, and he eventually becomes the prime evil after absorbing the six other great evils, including his two brothers, Baal, the Lord of Destruction, and Mephisto, the Lord of Hatred. And just to brighten things up, it's also worth mentioning that the humans are occasionally aided by angels, notably the Archangel Tyrael. So, Caleb. Mm. Tell me, you know, you, the story of Diablo and you. Okay. Um, well, I'm, I'm way more versed in Diablo 2. Okay. Um, Diablo 1's just pretty straightforward. It's, you know, I think there's only like two or three bosses. Um, but, for, for, but Diablo 2, I bought that around high school. Um, and, and the second one, I like it a lot because it's in – I'm talking about the expansion as well. So that includes like the fifth act in Diablo 2. So okay. there's five acts altogether. And each act is in a different setting. Okay. Um, like the first act is in like a rogue encampment, like with wilderness and the woods and, you know, kind of like a Braveheart setting sort of thing. Part two, you're like in Egypt um, in sands and temples and things like that. Um, part three is kind of like a, you're in the jungle, like Central America kind of a thing with like lots of voodoo and like. And who do you play as? You have um, you can play as I think it's. Six different characters. Um, do you have a choice? And are they all human? They are all human. Okay. Um, I guess you could argue that the necromancer isn't human if okay. you wanted to, but you have a choice between like you have a barbarian, you have a paladin, um, you have a sorceress, uh, an Amazon, um, an assassin, and a druid. So and this a necromancer. is this is sort of taking from. I mean, as a dungeon crawler, the thing mm-hmm. probably that I've played that's the closest to it would be. Baldur's Gate. 
Yeah, okay. So it's so just for the listeners that don't understand, you're basically like in these sort of pre-rendered background worlds, basically, right? Yeah. And kind of a what would you call that? Like a three-quarter perspective or the like two and a half or, or isometric. Yeah. Might be something like that, yeah. And then you're just these little figures that sort of uh you know, you come up against bad guys and then they just kind of like Yeah. It's a point and click. Uh, yeah. hack and slash genre as they say so you're just kind of like leading your character around and, and you kind you of know. see this overworld mm-hmm. and the things happening yeah to them, which definitely and, makes for a more uh i would at least argue like kind of a little more engrossing a little more rather than doom at least compared to doom like a little more thoughtful a little more like oh, yeah look There's, at this world Let a little more patience is going on with that yeah um, in some cases, you know, especially once you get into some of the dungeons, because all the maps are basically, it's the world itself, the, you know, lay of the land, so to speak. And then depending what you have to do for your side quests, because you have to kind of collect things that sort of get you to the boss of that act. Okay. And then with every act that you finish, you kind of, you know, set sail to a new place um, and go from there. But either you're going to be on the map running around facing the monsters that are in the open world, or you're in a dungeon that goes deeper and deeper, you know, to get to the end of the quest or like a boss at that point. Which is usually some sort of demon? Usually some sort of demon, yeah. Some sort okay. of like demon that like runs that area of that world, I guess, so to speak. And as you get closer to the end, you're co- you're going up against Mephisto. He's in Act 3. Okay. Um, at the, uh, I think the, like the level of hate or something. I forget the name of the, the dungeon. Oh, that sounds But awesome. he's like three or four <laughs> levels deep, yeah. And he's, um, he's, like, he's a very weird, like wispy, uh, like mosquito looking kind of thing. It's, okay. it's, it's very strange. It's, and we'll obviously get more into like the artwork in Diablo, but this is, you know, not pixelated. This is a little more, um, animated, so to speak. Um, but yeah, from, you go through the Mephisto's, uh, act three and then act four is Diablo, um, himself. Okay. And then that's, I think the shortest act. And that's when you're actually in hell. Okay. Um, at that point. And well, you yeah. have to like, so smash a soul stone and everything, but yeah. But yeah, tell me a little bit more about the hell as you know it from yeah. Diablo. Um, hell is uh, when you start like you're – it's funny. Like the home – every act in Diablo kind of has like a safe space, like the camp where monsters can't come in and hurt you. Okay. You go where your inventory is and everything. There's merchants that will sell you your items. Is there – I just uh, was playing a Resident Evil recently, which is known for having very chill and good save room music mm-hmm. is there music that coincides with this safe area uh i don't think you... there is actually dang always a missed opportunity i know Great time to just put some like ambient some maybe... dreamy stuff yeah dreamy yeah. stuff oh man i just think of like resident evil like it's like a I... harp oh like, dude i love that yeah ooh, that vibe you know you're and you're like and you have to leave at some point. <laughs> yeah which is scary yeah, but <laughs> it is so when you're in it you hear the music typewriters there and you're like yeah Mm. All right, I can just chill in here for a little bit. Monsters <laughs> Got my are right ribbon. outside that door, but, yeah. but dang, missed opportunity. But yeah, it really anyways, is. Go but on. yeah, so from there, it's um, once you leave that area, it's a long like stairwell, so to speak, uh, out of like made out of rock, you know, Ooh, brimstone love, or whatever. I love like this seems to be so. This is underground. Yes, this, this is totally is underground. underground. I love portal. That. the mm-hmm. the Silent Hill games have done that before too. The, the survival horror series where yeah. I think it's in the second one. You're like walking downstairs for a really weird long amount <laughs> yeah. of time. And it does start to like, I feel like that's such a good psychological trick, especially in a narrative or yeah. a video game mm-hmm. is just give you stairs that tell you you're going yeah. deeper and deeper under. The yep. earth. And there's no turning back as yes. you know, the further you get, like it's yeah. The further you have to, Retreat if you need to, yeah. Um, and with Diablo, it's like a long stairwell. Stairwell, I say, like, you know, but it's like a piece of rock or whatever. But yeah, you get down to this, like, open world, and then immediately, I think it's one of the more aggressive acts. Like, monsters and stuff just off the bat are, like, chasing you down once mm-hmm. you get into the uh, active area. Um, but after uh, you kind of will navigate through there in different, like, stairwells, it will take you, you know, either up or down. But eventually you get into, like, Diablo's sanctuary, like his area, and then from there, there's, like, different seals you have to unlock that are all around his sanctuary. And once you unlock the fourth one, it all, like, turns red. 
and uh, the whole screen shakes and everything, and then you hear him say, I think his his line is, not even death can save you from me. Oh. And then you have to fight him. So this at least seems a little more, as far as comparing it to Doom, a little more hierarchical. Yeah, there are. There's, like, even some, like, within the groups of monsters that swarm you, there's even, like, head honchos within those groups. Oh, like the okay. Marquis something. There's, they all have different names. Like, leading all, like, their mm-hmm. troop of demons. And each one has, like, resistance towards, like, lightning or ice or fire. But so it's also, is it a hot hell? A lot of fire? Oh, yeah. Tree? Yep. Okay. Yeah, there's all kinds of, especially when you get towards the sanctuary, it's a very narrow maze-like path to get to the sanctuary that's all surrounded by lava and, and rocks and chains are hanging from like towers and things like that it's it's that classic kind of hell look and then what are you you said a little bit earlier but like what is what's the fighting like you know in doom you got double barrel shotguns and chains <laughs> right yeah like i feel like this is way different as you said yeah um right now it also it depends who you're playing as in your class so whether you're a paladin or a barbarian but you'll have so let's say you're you're a barbarian, um, which is one of the classes that I play the most as. Um, you can have like a dual wield, two huge swords, and if you're a higher level at that point, you have things like a whirlwind capability that you just basically spin your body with the swords like crazy and kind of like just cut everything up around you. You can also hire a mercenary, um, just like a regular old guy or girl with like either a crossbow or like a spear. Damn, that can help you. What an opportunity for a crossover with Doom. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> Higher Doom guys. Higher Doom guys, yeah, you're Mark. <laughs> Damn. I love it. Um, but yeah, once you get to him, um, once you fight Diablo, it's a lot of knowing, it, again, it depends what class you are, knowing yeah. what spells to use. If you're a melee attacker, then you're using your swords that usually are enchanted yeah. with things like, you know, certain damage. This is very Dungeons and Dragons. Very Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Um, and he has a couple of his own, I think he has a couple, some of his moves, like he sort of, shoots out like a huge ring of fire that no matter what, you're going to take a hit from it. If you're close to him, um, he breathes this very weird pixelated, like it's like a multiple lines of red that he like spits out and oh, that'll okay. almost kill you instantly. If you stand in front of it. Um, so if anyone's listening, you can look it up. It's, it's, it's hard to explain. It's strange looking, but like that's one of his powers. And it's, you said it's pixelated. Like it's like, it's weird. Yeah. It's, it's a different kind of artwork to everything okay. else that's going on. Um, I don't know if it was an accident yeah. <laughs> or what, but it sta- it always stands out to me whenever I fight him. I the moment I see it, almost I'm like, like it's kind of outside of reality, maybe mm-hmm. like it's it trying it's, to imply it's, that yeah. it's some sort of like deconstructive beyond magic force. something. Yeah, um, a lot of that. But once you kill him, yeah, he dies, and then um, then you go into the fifth act, and you have to fight Bale oh, after man. that. These are all like th- that's definitely one I heard growing up, Christian Bale. I forget. Yeah. What point in the Bible they're worshiping Baal, but it's a big no-no. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, I feel like we've got at least a good descriptors for both of these hells. So uh, let's try to figure out which which hell would make the devil happier. Yeah. Because, yeah, I have here, I have for Diablo's hell, I have strange, underground, hierarchical, Primitive, as you're saying with the uh, weapons, mm-hmm. but also intelligent because you kind of have to know, you know, what weapons to use. Yeah, there's strategy involved. Work. Strategy. And then, yeah, Doom, quite the opposite. Chaotic. Uh, yeah, secretive, empty, expensive, as you said. Uh, <laughs> but uh, in many ways, it is also expensive. I mean, life life is cheap, I suppose. Sure. But yeah, not underground, overpowered, but just kind of like way more of a... It just seems like, uh, I mean, yeah, you tell me, Caleb, what, what, what are we dealing with here as far as like Doom Hell, yeah, Diablo you're... Hell, and then who's going to come out on top? Diablo Hell is like your classic, you know, and I'm not saying it in a bad way, classic traditional. Oh, yeah. You know, this is the, the powers that be are all down underground, you know, fire and brimstone. Mm-hmm. Um, and the devil himself is in the game. You know, you're mm-hmm. fighting him. That um, a, that's a, that's a, that's good point. Works to make. in their favor. Yeah, and then and I also like the imagery a lot, especially in his sanctuary um, with all of the seals. And there's a gigantic pentagram when you have to go out to fight him. With Sick. like all the spots within the pentagram are like pieces of lava. So it's it's a very cool design going on. And then with Doom, like I was saying, it's more of like a modern mm-hmm. like 
high tech, like futuristic almost, like um, yeah. type of hell. That's a, it's its own thing, and I don't. I think I'm sort of. If if it you know, if it's up to the devil, for if he's mm-hmm. which one he's to be more pleased with, I think it would be Doom. Yeah, because well, everything's more advanced. Yeah, it's like more ways to deal pain. Exactly, I feel <laughs> like he would be happy that he could contend with, you know, the evils of modernity. That he could, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. I got like, I got tech, I got tech demons here. Yeah, I got yeah, I got uh, spider legs and. Shotguns and stuff, and in Diablo, the devil dies. You know, uh, you have to kill him. It's true. So it doesn't look good for him. I don't even know what happens in Doom. I feel like probably just like some. There's not even really a head demon. That's why it does seem a little more like the hell in it's Doom. It's like a level it's just ba- chaos. Yeah, and yeah. Just like shoot everything that moves. Demon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, listeners at home, please let us know what you think. Either yeah, message me or comment on whatever instagram post i have this episode under but nice. yeah, i think i think i would agree i think mm-hmm. the doom the doom hell is a worse place to be there's nowhere to hide nowhere to hide yeah diablo i think you can hide there's always a safe camp you can go you know stay there with and no, chill unfortunately no with good, no yeah with no, no cool music <laughs> is over i figured let's take some time to just go through some other uh oh i guess they could be called dishonorable mentions because we're dealing with hell here uh although some of these uh that we're gonna talk about aren't necessarily the christian hell but we figured you know why not give the listeners at home something to look up something to look into because i feel like most of the games we're talking about here too you can find you know either on xbox or like they've they're mm-hmm. out there. They're not yeah. like super rare or anything. But the one I wanted to start with was we referenced the real version of it a little earlier on, but it's Dante's Inferno, uh, which is, I think it came out in like, oh, I want to say 2010 or something. I think it was 2010, yeah. Uh, based very, yeah, I just have the Wikipedia here too. Let me just, it's nice to stop <laughs> and just read the game story loosely based on Inferno, the first canticle of Dante Alighieri's Divine Comedy. Follows Dante, imagined here as a Templar knight from the Crusades who, guided by the spirit of the poet Virgil, must fight through the nine circles of hell to rescue Beatrice from the clutches of Lucifer himself. Uh, And yeah, it's basically as close to Dante's Inferno as it can get, which is what I only have played a little bit recently. And it's pretty much God of War, like a... That's what it looks like. Adventure style, you know, you collect souls and those help you get upgrades and everything. Uh, but very cool art design. And just like, I feel like a great way to absorb Dante's Inferno. Uh, like the, you know, the, the divine comedy, that aspect of it. Because yes. I feel like it was almost that, like, felt like a cool teacher. Being like, hey, you know, <laughs> you want to learn about Dante's Inferno? Yeah. Want to just play this video game. <laughs> but the real reason I bring it up. And at some point, I'll play this in the audio here. But I'll just <laughs> describe it to you. Uh, prior to its release, Dante's Inferno underwent a prominent, elaborate, and at times controversial marketing campaign led by the game's publisher, Electronic Arts. This included the release of a fake religious game called Mass, We Pray, a motion controller-based game supposedly allowing players to engage in an interactive prayer and church sermon. And I'll have to send you this video. Uh, Sounds amazing. It's incredible. Yeah, it's basically set up like a Christian Wii. And they're like, oh, you know, like, use your, you know, use your Wii control pad to 
<laughs> you know, I mean, the listeners will have heard it uh, yeah. in the background here. But yeah, I just felt like that was so perfect because half the time, too, these evil games and using hell as a setting is sometimes just a fun, albeit edgelord way to troll yeah. super uptight Christians. <laughs> <laughs> because they can't like... It's so much fun. Yes, it is. And so easy. <laughs> to say nothing, there's plenty of like... You know, Christians out there that, like, don't get all bent out of shape about this stuff, but yeah. they're not loud enough. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyways, that's uh, my pick here. But uh, you have a few here that you wanted to talk about. So, yeah. you know, first tell me about the uh, – what's the hell like in – well, tell me what Cuphead is, and then tell me about the hell of Cuphead. Oh, yeah. Uh, Cuphead is a game if you want to experience a heart attack and not actually die. Um, it's one of the hardest games I've ever played. I actually yeah, beat it's it. Harkening back to it's a newer, <laughs> a, a newer two D platformer, but mm-hmm. it is as hard as some of like Nintendo's my god entertainment systems, like first you know Ninja Turtles or yeah Batman, you know these yeah old like an unfair level are, of difficulty yeah going on. But yeah, you are um, you play as one of the Cupheads. Um, I forget their names. Yeah, Cuphead and Mugman. It's like Mugman. Yeah, I think it's Cuphead. Yeah, and, Mugman and they're drawn or in like a uh, Looney Tunes era. Early, like early, like nineteen thirty Disney. It's style so animation. perfectly done. Very well done. It's got um, rain in it. Like mm-hmm. oh, good it's music got this too. Halo. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. But they, the story is basically like they are, you know, Cuphead and Mugman are playing around their house, and they venture away from the house, even though like their old man warns them to not go too far mm-hmm. towards like the Devil's Casino because that's like that's bad. Yeah. Um, and they just like go there anyway for some reason, and they just like start playing like poker games and uh-huh. <laughs> just gambling, and they're doing so well that the devil says, "If you win the next hand, um, you can have all of my money and have my casino. But if you don't win, then I have your souls, basically." And um, he, you know, tricks de- devil fashion. He tricks them basically. In these- well, yeah, it's the perfect because they also made this into a cartoon. It's on Netflix. They did three seasons. I didn't know that. Yeah, it actually. I watched some of it. It's actually pretty good. It's a little different. <laughs> But they really play this up in the cartoon, but it's alluded to in the video game because they just kind of show you in the video game. It's like a story. little slideshow. A little yeah. slideshow and a little description underneath. But it's like Cuphead is kind of always scheming of the two brothers. He's the one that's always scheming and looking for easy money. And then Mugman's always there kind of being like, whoa, 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 <laughs> Cuphead. And okay. in the image in the video game, I remember it's like Cuphead after the devil's like, hey, you get all this good stuff. But if you lose, I get your souls. And like Cuphead's got like dollar signs in his eyes, throwing the <laughs> dice while Mugman's like pulling out a shirt. Wait, yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is just so perfect. Yeah, and he rolls snake eyes, mm-hmm. which means devil wins. And so yeah, gets their souls. But they make a deal that he basically sends Mugman and Cuphead to like debt collectors, basically. Yeah, to collect to the find, contracts of the people who sold the them. People, yeah, sold their souls. <laughs> but I love like, like the casino setting for it. Of some for some reason, I love. That it's the biggest casino on the map, obviously. Yeah, it's a great – if you can look it up, listeners, there's this perfect, like, overworld shot of it mm-hmm. of just, like, it's in, you know, a fiery cave. It's, it's, it's also, like, very self-aware. Like, the marketing of the casino has, like, flames and uh-huh. – like, it's <laughs> it's like Biff's, like, casino in Back to the Future. Like, yeah, it yeah. just looks evil, like, from the outside and – But then um, the final boss is the devil. Is the devil himself. Yeah. Which is, like, a – a, a goat shape yeah, it's kind pretty of thing. classic shaggy yeah like black fur he has um, multiple forms at, at the end of his you know de- defeat like three different forms of him i think it is yeah because the game is a lot of either like gun and run run and gun like you're just shooting little you know projectiles from yeah, your fingertip pellets and getting all these bad guys or it's like just boss battles mm-hmm. you know that you have to eventually figure out the pattern and then also just be so yeah. fucking like oh my hand God. eye coordinate like it's definitely a <laughs> like the term rage quit yes. really applies here when you're just like squeeze your controller so tight that you hear the plastic yeah like, it's like the creaking <sighs> I had to take a year break from the game and then I think it was last summer I finally beat it oh, I man. was like oh my God I've been playing it a little bit it is fu- I like it because it does hark into those old mm-hmm. back it when is you a had good to- game. You had to pay 60 bucks for a Nintendo game. My God, yeah. But so it better be fucking challenging. <laughs> right. You know, like Mega Man or something. And this seems to be in the same vein where it's kind of, as they would call them back in the day, pick up and die. Where you're just yeah. Like, and it's fun to just like throw on, play a bit until you're frustrated and then be like, okay. Yeah. It's also fun to get a friend who doesn't know what it is. Like, you want to play a game? 
and have them play it and just and that, watch them sweat. That really speaks to the uh, the hell of it. It's almost yeah, like the whole that's a good thing point. is just a torturous <laughs> endeavor, but like kind of in this pretty package. Yeah, it's cute. Uh, but also you uh, I talked about a couple. Uh, well, these are Tim Schafer. Uh, the f- mm-hmm. you know the the video game any video game fans at home will know the name uh store i guess he tim Schafer created games two of them here and i'm sure other games of his have dealt with at least his stuff's all kind of all trippy uh yeah well yeah brutal legend uh yeah uh, psychonauts all having to do yeah. with like full either, throttle yeah lots of demons and 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 crazy like trippy ideas yeah but day the tentacle yeah weird yeah, stuff uh, oh yeah yeah uh but <laughs> you told me about the hell and i looked it up of the secret of monkey island yes uh, um yeah tell me a little bit about that hell and it's also as i said it's kind of a i guess you call it a point and click adventure game it is yeah it's like yeah. A, those classic pixel point and click yeah. adventure games um beautiful old i did look super at cool it. Yeah. very cool pixel art very neat um and basically, the, well, the game itself, you are a, it's during like the pirate age, uh-huh. the Caribbean pirate age, and you are, um. What's his name? Uh, Guybrush, like, Thripwood, or Threepwood. <laughs> Guybrush, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Tim Schafer's, I only recently discovered, like, his name, and I'm starting to, like, draw the lines of, like, just because I, listeners, I finally, I just recently got an Xbox One, so I got Game Pass <laughs> for it, so I've been just going down through all these games playing Psychonauts right now, but just realizing, like, how much Tim Schafer has, like, just made consistently compelling, yeah. fun, funny, and, like, games with characters that you actually give a shit about, and Secret of Monkey Island seemed very much like that. Definitely, yeah. There's a lot of good... He's very good, too, with, like... Uh, I always appreciate the dialogue in yes. his games. Yes. It's, like, a very... You can just tell it's his dialogue, too. It's its own kind of humor. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy I was watching a YouTube video just to the playthrough, especially this hell level, mm-hmm. he was reading it, you know, for his Twitch viewers or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I, a testament to the writing, he knew exactly how to read it. So it was almost like he was a voice actor, like the dude that was just, oh. I was like, this writing is so good that it doesn't, you know, bad writing. Sometimes you can, you have to read it a couple times. You're yeah. Like, I'm not understanding like, right. the syntax here. <laughs> oh, wait, there we go. That's how they meant it. With his dialogue, it is just so fun to read yeah. and to, like, you can detect the emotion coming through. But anyways. Yeah. So, yeah, Secret, Secret of Monkey Island, uh, you want to become a pirate. Um, and it's kind of one of those classic, like, you sort of meet a girl and the girl's captured by mm-hmm. these evil, like, ghost pirates. And now you have to rescue her. Um, and in order to find the ghost pirate and where they are, you have to defeat, I think, the head pirate. And uh, you have to. Captain LeChuck. Yeah, LeChuck. Yeah. I think it is, yeah. Um, cause I think he's in the second one too. Thank God for this show. Like I have so much information in my mind that like, I don't even have that written down, but I somehow remember. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Uh, damn. I probably forgot like my mom's birthday or something in order to fit that one. Replaced <laughs> it with it. <laughs> What's your name again? Um, and, but though to, in order to get to, you have to kind of find their pirate ship, which is located, um, in, in hell basically. <laughs> Which I is also here, inside the, of a giant monkey head. Yeah, the gateway to hell is a giant bleeding monkey head. Yes. Like you just and go, you open it, you, you use an ear swab. Yes, you get a giant like, Q-tip. Spit its tongue out that you walk down. <laughs> and then it's like the shot of you going down this sort of like skeleton ladder. It's you like can, a spine, yeah. But you can see through the hole that it's just like the earth. It's like 10 feet. Talk about the opposite of like a long yeah. stairway taking you deeper and deeper. It's like. Oh, no, it's right there. That's right there, man. Like, yeah. it's no deeper like than down the hill. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's a cool visual there, too. Um, it's There's a lot of... Well, I think it's. I think when you get down there, there's some mushrooms that you see at first. Yeah, yeah. And the character who Tim Schafer in real life does not like mushrooms. He just thinks they're gross. Okay. And so your character says, like, I knew there'd be mushrooms in hell. Oh, like, he as, like, you walk past yeah. them. <laughs> that's It's so a fun, fun little thing. But it's a big maze. It's your classic again. Like there's lava down there. There's you know very thin, narrow, uh, like walkways and bridges, so to speak, to get around. But in the background too, there's like faces and hearts and stuff like pulsating, like in the yeah. walls down there too. And then a big like neon blue ghost ship that you find. The, yeah, uh, the pirates there, and they're having a party when you get on the ship. They're like, yeah, they have they're like playing violin and, and like yeah, <laughs> tossing their heads around. There's so, a ghost dog. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was really, I was really into it uh yeah 
But yeah, then we have two more here, one for you, one for me. But these ones are a little more, uh, they deal with the afterlife, but I figured it'd be worth mentioning them here. But they're not necessarily the, like, fire brimstone mm. hell. So, coming off the back of Secret of Monkey Island, Tim Schafer, another one of his games, Grim Fandango, which I'm sure more listeners at home would know because, I mean, from my the little bit of research I was doing on it, uh, it's, like, considered one of the greatest games ever made. People yeah. absolutely love it. Uh, basically, uh, yeah, set in the Aztec land of the dead, you're a... Basically, a like some sort of salesman. Yeah, and then you're... it's a noir. So it's basically yeah, Aztec yes. mythology mixed with noir. But yeah, give give the listener at home just kind of a synopsis and maybe just say what you know makes the closest aspects of it that might relate to a hell. Yeah, um, basically, it's like you play this. You play as uh, Manny Calavera, who mm-hmm. is a like you're a, a travel agent yes. for to. to um, move to the afterlife, you know, and I'll get to that in a second, but with the Aztec mythology, it's sort of like, there's like nine, nine levels, levels. Of, yeah. of the afterlife you have to, it's like a journey you have to complete. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I think it's like, it takes place in like four years yes. you have to complete this. And the game itself is divided into four acts, each taking place like it, within four consecutive years, mm-hmm. basically. Um, but if, you know, when you die, if you're a bad person, you know, you're going to be stuck with this journey in the afterlife. Um, kind of paying for everything that you did. But if you have money, uh, or if you're a good person, you can work with this travel agency. <laughs> with, well, yeah, the bad people get, or the good people get like a, a limo or a They get a first class like train and or something like that. The bad people get like a cane with a walking <laughs> stick. <laughs> Which is uh, just hilarious. And so, yeah, Manny, um, as you play as Manny, you get all like the bad clients and they all suck mm-hmm. and um, all this stuff. But it's. Um, it turns into like a, a detective noir kind yeah, of thing because yeah. you find out that people are, are taking advantage of the system. It's kind of funny. It's a weird like capitalistic system for the afterlife that mm-hmm. two people are kind of taking advantage of and you sort of figure this out as you play. But um, there's a lot of like – as we were doing some of the research for, uh, f- for this game, there was like uh, one of the stages – like in the actual mythology is like a like a dog will help you like guide you through mm-hmm. the uh the journey and I'm, i might be reaching here but in the game like you partner up with this like gigantic it's uh glottis is this is his name yeah it's, it's like, like an elemental eight foot. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like this 800 pound like but it looks it kind of looks like a dog it has like ears and well yeah i heard that is largely based on uh ed roth Big Daddy. Oh, okay. The Hot Rod, like, rat <laughs> Oh, thing. yeah. Or not Rat yeah. Thing, the different guy, but in but the same repairs thing, and, big yeah. monsters and tiny little hot rods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it deals with a lot of more of the afterlife. Um, there's the Grim Reaper, you know, imagery, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, but a really, really fun adventure game. Like you said, it's regarded as, like, one of the best games yeah, of all time. Yeah, and for, like, I mean, Tim Schafer is... Just a white dude, but he took, I believe, some mythology classes, and he really tried his best to do it respectfully. And mm-hmm. like, I was surprised, like playing through it a little bit recently. I was just like, "Damn, this is like full fledged. This isn't yeah. the stereotype. This isn't just kind of using it, yeah, exploitively. It's not just like funny images or whatever. No, There's an actual it, lore that's yeah been makes you more interested. And, you know, mm-hmm. he took his." took some liberties with it but that's just a video game right i i did read that there in the actual mythology that the way it does work um if you were like a warrior or someone who was like you know respected in battle and you died you get the fast track okay to that journey or if you like died giving birth like something honorable or tragic you kind of get that fast path to the afterlife if if you just die it's not about if you were good or bad okay um for for the rest of us who are just a bunch of dummies who like choke on a pretzel and die or like walk in front of a bus we're the ones that have to put in the work interesting <laughs> okay so yeah. It's, yeah it's kind of like if you didn't do so it's not so much a punishment serve. right as more like you gotta more earn reward. it mm-hmm. so if you didn't in your life you didn't do afterlife yeah i mm-hmm. uh well similarly i have a game written down here that also deals with a different culture's uh, idea of the afterlife i have here and this is a newer game hellblade senua's sacrifice uh, and I played a little bit of this, and basically you are some sort of Norse warrior. You you're, uh, you play as a woman, uh, but she's also suffering from some psychosis. 
So there's constantly these voices in your head as you're like moving throughout the world. It's very misty. Uh, and you're basically just dealing with the Norse underworld. So it is still very like scary and, yeah. and elusive. Threatening, but, yeah. Yeah, but not, again, just kind of like with Grim Fandango, not really so much the like bad people go here and then they get tortured. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't really have a whole lot more to say about that game. I think people like it, and I thought it was an interesting way. It taps to into the uh, like uh, the element of you know the hell can be psychological hell. You yes, know, it can be a, 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 a your own like prison. Yeah, you're trapped in your own head mm-hmm. kind of thing. Your yeah personal hell sort of thing. And it's just cool to see that video games can like can really. I don't know, show you these aspects. Like, I'm even saying up top, like with Dante's Inferno, like they can introduce you to these things that you might otherwise overlook. And it's just cool to see that, like, it's more more than just a game sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we've definitely gotten away from the doom hell of (laughs) Mm -hmm. just like, look how scary and bad it is. And now there's games. Yeah. Like, I mean, I feel like Grim Fandango came out probably about 10 years after, after Doom. So I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, over time, we're actually getting to see the like the, that art aspect. Yeah, of video games. Mm-hmm. It's like I mean, Doom's art, but it's like a different kind. Of, <laughs> yeah, different it's Edgelord art. <laughs> All right. <laughs> right. A family shouldn't have to wait until Sunday to worship the Lord. Amen. Now you can go to church every day without leaving your home. Introducing Mass We Pray. The wireless cross controller detects movement in three dimensions. Every twist of the hand and nuance of a blessing is recreated on screen. Use it to participate in more than 24 unique and exhilarating ceremonies. Be sure to try them all. The more you play, the more grace points you collect. Then, trade in your grace points to unlock the Holy Mysteries. Alright, uh, well before we, we're winding this thing down here, but I just wanted to, uh, I asked Instagram to tell me some of their favorite portrayals of hell in a video game, and I got some answers here, so I just wanted to shout these people out and read their answers. Uh, so... We have here Tito's Online, Tito's underscore online, chimed in, and he knows what's up. He said, Doom. Oh, hell so, yeah. You know, thank you, Tito's Online. But then also, we have, these next two are former guests of the show. So we have JaneBot9000, which is Olivia Kessler. That was uh, my episode I did on Quake that I referenced earlier oh, in the yeah, show. Yeah. Uh, she said... I forget how to pronounce this. Cathon from Quake. She said Cathon from Quake, of course. Oh, He's okay. like the big bad, I believe, at the end of Quake. Demon in fire. You have to like run around him to like. Oh yeah. You don't, I don't think you beat him with your weapons. You beat him with like a puzzle. Okay. Or some shit. Yeah, it's you're been a looking... lot since I played Quake, but I, I just pulled him up. Yeah, he yeah. has like spikes coming out of his belly and. Yeah, very hellish. Very <laughs> yeah. hellish. Uh, and then the also, uh, Johnny Arlett at Johnny Arlett on Instagram said agony, which I believe we came across a little bit in our research. Yeah. Very, it's like a horror survival horror game set in hell. You're a demon who can possess like the living and other demons, but I was going to include it in the show, but it seems to have like mixed reviews as far as, uh, gameplay. Oh, okay. One of those. Yeah, like, I just pulled it up. No, it's somewhat recent. Okay. Yeah, and it looks incredible. It looks, the graphics look really cool, yeah. Yeah, but seems to have maybe been a little too, uh, what, style over substance. Yeah. But at the same time, I appreciate uh, Johnny for reaching out with that. But that, that is, that has been our Instagram poll. Ooh. Uh, so I just want to say thank you, Caleb, for coming back on the show. Yeah. Thanks for always having this me. This is your third we did an episode on pro wrestling. Be sure to go check these out, Fakers. We did an episode on pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. We did an episode on 
shot on video horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we did a couple, bunch of minisodes, one on Diablo. I think uh, the UFOs or something. Like, yeah, we had yeah TV aliens. We did guess what it was TV Albert aliens. Hall, I mean, the Halloween uh, recommendations. Yeah, some spooky recommendations. Yeah, so just scroll through. The name is in the feed. Caleb Pass. Check it out. But Caleb, mm-hmm. is there anything you would like to promote or any way the fakers can follow you? Uh, yeah, you can always follow me on all one word, Fleshpot Theater, on Instagram or TikTok. Um, that's my like VHS movie review collection that I put up just weird, obscure horror movies, sci-fi movies, just kind of laughing at the bad. Um, yeah, there. check out our shot on video horror. Yeah, great episode. Uh, episode if you want to understand what yes. you're seeing <laughs> on Caleb's page a little. More. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, you can follow us. Uh, on Instagram at Fake Ritual, you know, and keep an eye out for those uh, polls I put up. If it seems like I'm asking a leading question, it's because it's going to be featured in an episode, but I won't tell you that, so you just have to pay attention. Uh, but also, please rate, review, and subscribe. Please do that. Whatever you're holding right now, if you can like the show or you can follow or whatever, just boost the numbers and that stuff matters to me because it's the only <laughs> feedback and if you I don't you can go to hell yeah you can go to hell we should we didn't have enough hell puns so uh, we'll just try to get them out right now right. all right what the hell uh this has been such a hell of a good time with my uh infernal friend caleb pass uh so let's join together in telling the fakers to go fake themselves and to go to hell and to go to hell, let's count it down from six, because it's an evil number, I guess. Six, five, four, three, two, one. Go, go fake, fake yourself. yourself. <laughs> 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 <laughs>